to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on a wonderful Wednesday Friends Torch Report 227 today. We're going to explore the question, the possibility, are we in fact headed for midterm mayhem? Da, da, da. Why isn't anyone talking about what's really going on? You know, something's up here. It's just it's just a little bit too quiet. For the last two weeks, I've had this nagging sense that there's something else going on. You know, the media seems to have been reduced to a simmer, just kind of barely bubbling on the back burner with enough spoon-fed drivel to keep the various narratives alive. You know, Russia is evil. Biden is strong. The economy's fine. The midterms are going to be a toss-up. They're going to they're about to catch Trump. You know, they're going to get him this time. You know the drill friends. Uh, But hey, (laughs) at least events in the UK have really been exciting, right? I mean, that's what people have been fixated on. But there's nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. You know, given all of the effort in recent months to ratchet up a sense of urgency about the winter variants and concerns over nuclear war and global food shortages and economic collapse, doesn't it seem like things have quieted down? Doesn't it seem like it's a little too quiet, you know? When I read the news, all I see is surface-level propaganda. It's shallow. Things are in a holding pattern, and so I have to wonder, what the hell are they up to, you know? Besides deploying AI to assuage the masses, here's what I found. Now, as you know, yours truly here at the Torch Report, I'm always trying to locate the signal amidst the noise. And when there's nothing in the headlines of any real substance, I like to look into what the global cabal is up to. What I found this week is that the UN is celebrating its 76 seventh anniversary by placing its focus on global disarmament and doubling down to, quote, build a safer, more secure world and to protect people from harm, end quote. Now, friends, as you know, it just smacks of moral imperative. And when they talk about global disarmament, it's typically thought of as nuclear disarmament. That's probably a good thing if we can get rid of all the weapons of mass destruction, you know. But in fact, This ties directly to the Agenda 2030 effort to disarm humanity so they can prevent violence uh, or any armed resistance to their globalist schemes, I might add. If you were to dig into these documents, you'd see that they're talking about small arms, rifles, revolvers, pistols, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They want to take away all the guns because guns are violent. So that's what the UN is up to in celebration of their 77th anniversary. Also this week, UNICEF, the United Nations International Children's yada yada. <laughs> what is it? It's the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund. UNICEF is out there declaring that the climate crisis is a child rights crisis because, quote, they are less able to regulate their body temperature compared to adults. End quote. Wow, they must have just loads of science to substantiate the climate crisis is a child's rights crisis. And yet 
children have been adapting to the climate forever. Correct me if I'm wrong. Friends, this uh, this UNICEF announcement it prompted an international call for urgent and dramatic emissions mitigation measures to contain global heating and to protect lives. End quote. Same language. They're going to protect lives. They're going to do everything great to save the children. Uh, meanwhile, the WHO, the World Health Organization, released its first ever list of health threatening fungi this almost sounds fascinating to me friends because you know fungi it's kind of fascinating but when you read it the fine print and realize that they're using this first ever list of health threatening fungi to pave the way for more bioweapons research and to centralize control over industrial agriculture, a.k.a. the food supply, then you realize what the hell they're up to here. And I quote, the authors of the report stress the need for more evidence to inform the response to this growing threat, both of disease and antifungal resistance, a.k.a. they need more government-funded research and surveillance. And then it goes on. It says, quote, resistance to antifungal medicines is partly driven by inappropriate antifungal use across the One Health spectrum. Pause. The One Health spectrum is the one agenda to rule them all. Continue. For example, this inappropriate use across the One Health spectrum includes injudicious use of antifungals in agriculture, a.k.a., friends, they uh, <laughs> using the antifungals to keep crops from molding. They, again, they want to take control of the food supply. So flipping uh, the channel here over at uh, Channel 4, <laughs> over at NATO, the Secretary General reminds us that Quote, wars are by nature unpredictable, end quote. Well, thanks for letting us know that. But if we send billions of dollars in more military aid uh, and more military equipment to Ukraine, then they might be able to hold off the evil Russians while NATO conducts their most advanced nuclear war games later this week week. What could go wrong? NATO also mentioned that they are are now engaging directly with the weapons making industry to be able to replenish their existing stocks of ammunitions and military capabilities, aka they are now even more cozy with the MIC, the OG MIC, that would be the military industrial complex. Friends, flipping the channel, channel five. Meanwhile, the World Economic Forum is frothing at the mouth over the threat of climate change and out lining global actions ahead of the upcoming COP27, the COP27 event, which is a convention of parties. That's 198 countries who have signed on to the radical environmental demands of last year's Glasgow, 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 the climate pact. It's the Paris climate pact. It goes all the way back to 1992 and the original World uh, Health Summit and all that kind of stuff. But the Earth Summit. At any rate, the World Economic Forum is really pushing the COP27. Again, it's a big deal because the, the UN climate chief, Simon Steele, says that COP27 is a moment of truth for the international community, stating that, quote, we've been unwilling to accept what systemic transformation really means, end quote. Recall the painful consequences we were talking about, like, just... Maybe two weeks ago, we were in one of the talking about all this climate agenda, and well, it's going to be kind of uncomfortable, uh, painful consequences. This is the systemic transformation. It's the fundamental transformation. It's going to the green, you know, 
the Green New Deal and future Earth and all of that. And he's saying this is this is the moment of truth, because if we don't do something now, you know, if we don't enforce a systemic transformation now, then it's going to be the end of the world as we know it. And it's worth noting that in the COP26, COP26 Convention of Parties last year, they were stressing the urgency. And last year, they actually bumped up the initial targets for national action. Again, this is international policy directing national action. They bumped up the initial targets on everything from uh, cows to cars to coals. They bumped it up to this year instead of 2025. Their consensus was that we have to reduce emissions by 45% this decade, or else we're all going to die, just like the polar bears. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I got it. I got it, friends. If you've been with me for a while, you know, you will immediately recognize that there is a united agenda across each of these organizations. And that united agenda is directly rooted in the UN Sustainable Development Goals, aka Agenda 30, aka the Commies are taking over the world. As stated, friends, they believe that they have a moral imperative to build a safe and secure world in order to protect people from harm. Here, we must insert a reality check. Number one, this supposed imperative sounds good to dupe the dupes who want to be protected, but it is ultimately and com completely and utterly impossible. The world is not safe, and it's not secure, and a global government cannot protect the people from harm. No matter how adamantly they may argue otherwise, such a notion is completely unhinged and detached from reality. The other thing, the point out here, this reality check, is that having convinced themselves of this morally superior mission, meaning the global cabal believes they got to do it, you know, the mission to protect the planet, they've got to save humanity from itself. With that, uh, in mind, they operate with a completely irrational sense of urgency that ignores personal rights. It'll trample and run right over the personal rights because it justifies anything and everything, including destroying life as we know it for the sake of achieving some arbitrary goals, a.k.a. the greater good. Now, here's the thing. This, event, this agenda is advancing around the clock. They believe it's important. They are super motivated, organized, and ambitious. They are actively shaping our future in ways that we may not like, and there's almost nothing we can do about it. Almost nothing we can do about it. Friends, we may be facing a global cabal equipped with F-16s, unlimited funding, fancy tools, and weaponized AI, but we sure as hell are not helpless. So buckle up. Understanding the global plans helps us to put our national politics into context. Remember, we're talking about the midterms, midterm mayhem here. Ask yourself, does the global cabal have a vested interest in American politics? Well, you bet your ass it does, you know. With that in mind, consider these headlines. Midterm elections outlook darkens for the Biden White House. Hmm. Darkening, you know, <laughs> dark foreboding shadows over the Biden White House. Hmm. You know. Midterms just are just a bump in the road for mainstream pop 
propagandists. Really? Ah, oh, midterms are just a bump in the road for the mainstream fraud. They don't know how they're going to spin the big red wave to make it look like everybody really wants the progressive globalist agenda shoved down their throats, but they're going to try. Also in the headlines, Hillary Clinton says that right-wing extremists have a plan to, quote, literally steal the next presidential election. And she's talking about 2024. And man, if there was ever a face I'd like to smack, just look at that lady. It drives me nuts. And the final article here, the link for your uh, perusal should you choose to dig a little deeper. Facts don't lie. Dems push the big lie about potential violence and disruption around the upcoming election. And of course, friends, that big lie is that it's all the right-wing extremists, the ultra-maga extremists, the racists, the white supremacists, the Christian insurrectionists. You know, all of these people are going to be violent and disrupt the elections and, and, and destroy democracy. You know, that's the big lie, because, in fact, the only people out there being beaten and being, vi- you know, being violent and beating people are the radical leftist thugs, the Antifa types, like the guys that just uh, jumped the uh, the what was it? Rubio's it was canvassing for Marco Rubio down in Florida, a Republican kid and just got beat, and put in the hospital. It's sad. It's sick. It's wrong. But in terms of narrative, friends, what stands out to you when you see those headlines, what stands out to you? And in a broader spe- you know, broader sense, when you look at the news, what stands out to you? In these headlines here, what stands out to me is the casting of expectations regarding both the midterms and the next presidential ele- election uh, in 2024. You know, their, their sites are down the road. You know, one headline indicates that the midterms may just be a bump on the road for the propaganda machine and the globalist regime, while the other points toward their larger plan, which is they're always thinking ahead. And if if we can't uh, somehow manage to harvest enough ballots or or swap enough ballots or we can't get enough Dominion voting machines in, in all of these you know jurisdictions and precincts all across the country, and we actually do have a red wave and we actually do get constitutional election denying conservatives in the uh, in in power. That that's going to hobble the Biden administration, and the Biden again is just a sock puppet, so it's going to hobble the agenda of the global cabal. And if that if that actually happens, then what? You know, they've already got their sights set on the next presidential election, so the ballots are out right now, friends, and the battle for Congress is going to be decided in just you know the next couple of weeks. And maybe it will be a big red wave, and maybe it will be a hung election, as Bill Gates said. Maybe there will be a a false flag interruption to our election process. Maybe all hell will break loose. But friends, who knows? I mean, come on, this is wild speculation. And regardless, their plan marches on. So here's a wild question. This is kind of the outlier here. Uh, what 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 if I'm working toward the outlier here? What if it just so happens that things really do go sideways and get ugly after the midterms? Say because of rampant electoral fraud and political corruption. You know, and consequently, because of the rampant electoral fraud and political corruption, our country really does descend into utter chaos. Bill Gates was right. It's a hung election. We got civil war. Imagine that. What if that coincides with an economic collapse of epic proportion, an unexpected cyber attack on the power grid and or potentially some false flag event? What if? Now, that would be the worst case scenario, would it not? And if that happened, this worst case scenario came to pass, I would be curious. Would it be helpful 
If the UN Security Council already had a multinational security force deployed to America's backyard, say uh, like in Haiti, just in case things got out of control and uh, you know they needed to step in and have some UN peacekeeping type uh, operation in the in the wake of a hung election. Would that be helpful if the UN already had a multinational security force in America's backyard? Now think about it in terms of geopolitical chess, friends. And Haiti is the outlier here. I saw the article kind of floating out there. Uh, consider what's happening in the Caribbean right now. And that's really, I mean, really close to home. You know, the situation in Haiti is spiraling out of control. And the besieged Haitian government has officially cried out for international help. Please help us. They have requested specialized armed forces to intervene. And it's said here in one of the articles linked in the that the force would remove the threat posed by armed gangs and provide immediate protection to critical infrastructure and services, as well as secure the free movement of water, fuel, food, and medical supplies from main ports and airports to communities and healthcare facilities. Sounds like a really good mission. Probably we need to have a multinational security force, uh, specialized armed forces there to intervene. And the U.S., we've already deployed a delegation to assess the situation. Uh, the bigger question is, friends, could it happen here? Are we so much more sophisticated and civilized here in America? Are we above falling into depravity and complete societal collapse? I don't know. You know if Chicago and San Francisco and New York are any indication, I would say that we're barely just one step away on a good day. But what if, what if Americans prove not to be more civilized and restrained? Could that lead us into a Haitian situation? Might circumstances arise wherein our government cries out, our government cries out for international intervention to protect critical infrastructure and support the police and protect the children? Can that happen? You know, here's a thought. What if that was the plan. The pieces are already in place, are they not? Again, who knows, friends? Who knows? It's just wild speculation. How could any peasant actually comprehend the vast and expansive strategies being deployed by the global cabal? After all, we are just hackable animals, and in theory, they can lead us to think and feel however they'd like. And right now, friends, it seems to me like they want us to believe that this is just another election. They want us to believe that our votes will bring balance to power. They want us to believe that political accountability is still possible. They want us to believe that we can still get back on track and set the record straight. Do you believe it? Do I believe it? I don't know. Make no mistake, friends. They are manipulating our beliefs with targeted precision. Think about it. What would happen if we didn't believe that these things were possible? What if the majority of people who loved our country believed that it was hopelessly lost? What if the majority of passionate American patriots believed that the federal bureaucracy and political establishment were irredeemably corrupt? What would happen then? Right now, I believe we are being set up. Friends, we're being set up for the next wave of shock and awe. Things are too quiet, but something's not right. Is this going to be a peaceful, free and fair election? I don't know. Or are we headed for more madness and midterm mayhem? Friends, only time will tell. But patriots, take note. In, in the calm before the storm, it is wise to batten 
batten down the hatches, friends. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you enjoyed this podcast, please do me the great honor of finding that little heart. Click it. Give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And above all else, please share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this wonderful Wednesday. And I will look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you.